It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, and we are back. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the latest reports involving Arsenal's alleged, and I use the word alleged, interest in Inter Milan's Ashraf Hakimi. Now, he's been linked with moves to Arsenal before. There's been talk of it earlier on in the season as well. There was a lot of discussion uh, when it seemed that Inter's financial situation was going to force them into selling players. That could still be the case come the summer. Who knows at this point? But those rumours linking Hakimi with a move to Arsenal have resurfaced. So we're going to discuss that a little bit and we're going to discuss the right-back situation at the club in general. Big hello to everybody joining me in the live chat. hope you're all well. Big hello to X64, to Norwegian Guna, to Inter, to Chef, CG, to Omar, to all of you. Hope you're all good. Hope you've all enjoyed the bank holiday Monday so far. The sun is shining and Boris Johnson's just announced at the time of recording that uh, that we're on track to move to phase two of our road out of lockdown. So uh, something to uplift the nation, I suppose. Um, given the way the last year has gone and stuff, it's uh, it's always positive to hear that things are at least moving in the right direction. And even if things aren't going to be 100% back to normal, they're going to be closer to normal. And that will mean the world to a lot of people out there. So good news, of course. What could be also good news, uh, if it is to happen, is uh, the prospect and the idea of Arsenal going out and bringing in Ashraf Hakimi. Now, let's start off with the the current right-back situation at the club. And we know that there has been a lot of talk about Hector Bellerin's future. What does his future hold? Is he going to be an Arsenal player uh, come the start of next season? Well, based on what we're seeing at the moment, it doesn't look like it. Um, you know, he's, he's out of favour at the moment. He's not being selected. Uh, Cedric was selected ahead of him in the North London derby. Callum Chambers was selected ahead of him against West Ham. And again, Callum Chambers was given the nod against Liverpool. So, you know, there's there's a lot to think about with, with Hector Bellerin. And, and I think that the signs are ominous. I think it looks as though he is uh, probably going to be on his way out of the club. We heard, didn't we, maybe a couple of months ago now that... Um, that he'd actually considered leaving last summer. The club didn't allow it to happen. Mikel Arteta personally had a word with him, persuaded him to stay for one more year. But it feels like now Hector Bellerin is at a crossroads and it looks as though he could um, he could be on his way out. What would be an acceptable amount of money to get in for Hector Bellerin? I've always said I probably think we could get about 20, 25 million pounds in for him. And I th- I stick by that. I think a lot of people have almost not forgotten about it because you can't forget about it. It's, it's impacted our daily lives so much. But I think a lot of people haven't factored in 
the COVID crisis when they are pricing up players, when they are valuing players and talking about what teams are willing to pay for them. I think that, you know, apparently last summer, the bid that PSG put in or or spoke about at least was said to be around about, it was worth around about 25 million by the time all the add-ons were included. I, I still think Hector Bellerin could fetch 20 million pounds because of his age, because of his experience. Um, you know, his his profile off of the field is quite big as well. And I know that as football fans, we don't always pay much attention to that and we don't always place much value on that. But I think in the eyes of, of some clubs who are thinking in a commercial way, um, having someone who's a, an environmentalist, a vegan and backs all of those causes and speaks positively about other important issues too, I think, you know, adds to his value. And that might sound stupid to some people, right? But people do think commercially nowadays, right? It's 2021. Football is far more than just a game. It is a business. and, And these football clubs are a brand. And Hector Bellerin in himself is a brand. I can see some of you guys suggesting that, you know, 10 million, um, with 5 billion of add-ons, uh, Xander says. I've seen another one. I'd sell him for a packet of crisps. Um, Aditya says 20 million would be a massive, massive steal, which I feel is close to impossible. I, I think that Arsenal could do a deal that is worth up to 20 million pounds. I, I, I really do. Uh, for all the reasons I've just spoken about. You know, the fact that he's being left out of the side now isn't probably helping us in that in that cause because you can't then claim that he's an important part of the squad. You can't claim that he's someone we need more money for and he's someone that we value extremely highly if you're leaving him out on the, out and leaving him on the substitutes bench. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, Mikel will probably feel like if he is going to go, he should be preparing for the future. And the future, it seems, is, is one without Hector Bayer in. Cedric, um, you know, can he do the job at right back? I think he can. I think he's shown that he's a he's a very competent fullback, but we'd only be left with one in the event that Bellerin left. You know, I, I still don't really think that Callum Chambers looks completely comfortable as a right back. I just don't see it. And particularly in the system that we're currently playing, particularly when there's such a large emphasis on our fullbacks getting forward and helping out with attacks. Now, I acknowledge that Arsenal are a little bit lopsided and that the onus seems to be more frequently on the left back to get forward rather than the right back. And maybe Callum Chambers' ability to slot in at centre-back in Arteta's eyes makes him a, a decent candidate because when he does tuck in, he's probably a little bit more comfortable there than a natural right back. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of things to factor into this debate, but competition is healthy. And Callum Chambers was really good at West Ham, but I thought that his shortcomings as a right-back were glaringly obvious in that game against Liverpool. Um, and, and, you know, I, for me, I, I didn't, you know, that's not anything out of what I expected or what I thought. I've said it to you guys before. I feel Callum Chambers as a fullback is a little bit awkward. He's an okay deputy he's an okay replacement in the event of an injury crisis but nothing more than that so I look at Cedric as you know if Bellerin leaves I look at Cedric as our only proper right fullback and and I think if Bellerin goes we'll need to bring somebody in 
Is it going to be Ashraf Hakimi, though? That is the question. And the reason I've brought this up today and the reason I'm talking about it on this edition of the podcast is not just because it's come to my head that Ashraf Hakimi uh, is going to join Arsenal. It's because there has been a report in the last 24 hours uh, from Amalia Fra over at AS in Spain, uh, where she claims uh, that Arsenal are, are really serious about Ashraf Hakimi. She says Hector Bellerin's career is farther away from Arsenal every day. Uh, Hector Bellerin's future. Remember, I've translated this article over from Spanish. So sometimes there'll be a little bit of a breakdown in the language, but bear with me. Uh, so she talks about the fact that Hector Bellerin is edging closer towards the exit door. That is the word in Spain. Um, and she says that Ashraf Hakimi is the man on Arsenal's radar. They say that Inter Milan um, have put a price tag on him and they're demanding 50 million euro for the former Real Madrid player. Now, of course, he arrived in Serie A in the summer of 2020 from Real Madrid for 40 million euros plus some add-ons. Um, but he's been very, very key to Inter's success so far. And it looks as though Inter are going to go on and win the Scudetto, which is great for Italian football. Somebody else had to win it. Uh, so I'll be delighted if they manage to get over the line. I think they will. Uh, but 27 appearances for Hakimi in Serie A this season, six goals and five assists. That is one hell of a return for a fullback. Uh, he's also provided an assist in the Champions League as well, uh, which is something to add. So six goals and six assists in all competitions. But the key thing here, right, is to note that Ashraf Hakimi is not a right back as such. He's not a right back in a 4-4-2 system. He's not a right back in a four-man defence. More often than not, Ashraf Hakimi has played as a wing back throughout his career. That's why he gets forward so much. That's why he's proven to be so, um, you know, so devastating. Um in the attacking third because of the fact that he's given that extra bit of license and he plays a lot further forward. Now, if he comes to Arsenal, that means that there's going to have to be an adaptation, right? That means he's going to have to be converted into a right back because I can't see Mikel Arteta reverting back to that uh, three-man defence with the wing-backs. I just, I, I don't think it worked. I think it worked in terms of giving us extra defensive stability at certain times. Um, but I also think that it, it, it limited us in an attacking sense. And that was really, really disappointing. Just having a look at the chat box, I can see some of you saying that the, um, the video's gone dark. Uh, it looks fine at my end and I'm, I've got it open on YouTube on my phone. Um, and it looks absolutely fine. So I, I'm not sure what the issue is if you're experiencing one. But if you are, I apologise. Um, hopefully it will rectify itself. But yeah, at my end, it looks it looks absolutely fine. But there's a couple of you saying that. So I thought I'd, I'd quickly address that. Um, moving sort of back on to, to Ashraf Hakimi and, and what he brings to the team. He would bring an abundance of energy. He would bring lots of uh, forward thinking. He would bring... Uh, an intelligence and he would bring an end product in that final third. The problem is, though, is that he's going to cost a hell of a lot of money, as we've already discussed. And when you look at Arsenal's current predicament, when you look at the fact that there's a very strong chance we may be without European football next season, it, would it be wise to spend that sort of money on a fullback? I don't know. 
Um, I really don't know. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that this is 100% nailed on or that any progress has been made, but there have been reports linking Arsenal uh, with um, with uh, Hakimi on numerous occasions, um, which suggests that there's something there, right? You know, there's no smoke without fire. Um, but, you know, whether we're going to be able to get that deal done, I, I don't know. And, and we're talking about Odegaard and we're talking about the prospect of being prized out of signing him, which I think is probably more of a priority. How are we going to afford all these players? I don't know. And that's where I'm a little bit sceptical. But I would like to see Hakimi come. My my one concern would be the adaptation from a right wing back to a right back. And in terms of the adaptation itself, maybe it's a seamless one as for somebody who... Uh, is comfortable with playing at right back or has been comfortable previously in his career. But in doing that, are you taking away too much of what Hakimi is good at? Are you taking away um, his biggest strength? And in that case, would it be a waste of money off the back of that? I don't know. Um, you know, will, will Mikel Arteta be able to get the best out of him in this current system? That's the big question for me around Ashraf Hakimi. Yes, the money's going to be a lot. Uh, the wages will probably be uh, substantial as well. I'd imagine it will probably be around about 150 grand a week. But the reality is, Arsenal, that if you want to compete at the top table, you have to pay that sort of money for people. Are the Cronkies going to really back Mikel Arteta? You know, they're talking a lot about it. They're talking a lot about how he's the right man. They say how much they believe in the project. They talk about how we're moving in the right direction. So put your money where your mouth is and go out there and get Mikel Arteta, some of the best players the continent has to offer. And then we can um, we can see what he can do with it. Because I do feel at the moment that although Mikel Arteta has made mistakes and he has, there's no getting away from that. You know, the, the quality of player is ultimately what's letting us down. The inability of, of, of many of our players to perform consistently at the level required has been our biggest, biggest problem. So, um, yes, Arteta has made mistakes, but give him top players and I think you'll see a difference because I think theoretically, in terms of the theory that is being applied, I think we're moving in the right direction. Just about. <laughs> Um, right, let's uh, let's get some of your questions. Get your questions into the live chat. I want to hear from you guys um, for the last sort of 15, 20 minutes of the stream. Let's uh, go over there and see uh, what you're saying. Big hello to Aeson, um in the chat there. Hope you're well. Um, Sam says, uh, does this mean they're looking to sell Bellerin ASAP then? It looks that way, doesn't it? Um, and, you know, often with with transfers, especially transfers of, of a high profile, transfers uh, worth a lot of money, there tends to be an almost an agreement in place way before the transfer is actually completed, or at least a, an accepting um, of the fact that that deal is, is going to happen. You know, there probably will have been discussions uh, with potential suitors for Hector Bellerin, I'm sure, off the record, his agents, his representatives will be talking to clubs that he he feels like could potentially be the right place for him. I think the Bellerin thing is is coming. I don't have any ill feeling towards Hector Bellerin, nor do I think he's anywhere near as bad a fullback as some of our fans would have you believe. But I do think it's time to move on for him. And I think a new challenge and a transfer that brings money into Arsenal at a time where finances are undoubtedly tight 
It just feels like the best move for all parties. Um, Aeson says, I'm not saying I want us to lose games, but only from those games will the ownership properly get behind Mikel Arteta. I get that to a degree. And, and, you know, I, I know where you're coming from. No Arsenal fan ever wants to see Arsenal lose, but you feel like, you know, the, the, the Cronkies at some point are going to have to look at this and go, well, the only way we're going to get out of this and quickly is if we invest significantly and it has to happen. You know, I, I'm I, I'm hopeful that they will back Mikel Arteta and that the club will spend in the summer. I'm hopeful that they'll find ways of raising funds despite the losses that have been incurred because of the coronavirus pandemic. But at the same time, if the spend is not what we want it to be, if we are only able to bring in one or two or or three top players or decent players, then you will have to, you know, curb your reaction and and be a little bit more measured in your reaction to that because of everything that's going on in the world right now. I think that's important. I think it's important that people don't completely go crazy when Arsenal or if Arsenal are unable to spend what they'd like them to spend because the reality is that that's a strong possibility given the current circumstances, not just for Arsenal, for many clubs. Um, Sam says that uh, Max Ahrens or Lamptey would be about 35 to 40 million as well, though, wouldn't they? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, th- this is the point. You know, someone like Tarek Lamptey still got a lot to learn. I'm a little bit worried about Tarek Lamptey's injuries uh, and the frequency with which he breaks down. And we don't need that on the other side after we already got to contend with it. Uh, with Kieran Tierney. But you're you're right. You know, if we were to sign Max Ahrens or Lamptey, we'd be paying that English sort of um, domestic transfer premium. So why not spend the same money or around about the same money and go out and get someone who's regarded as one of Europe's top talents? I completely agree. Um, and Philip says he would be fantastic. Um, Omar says he'd prefer Ahrens over Hakimi says he'd, he'd prefer him. I'm not sure about that. I disagree. But I watch a lot of Italian football, so maybe I'm a little bit biased um, on that. But for me, no. Um, I, I would go Hakimi all day. Um, all day. Uh, Guna says, would you keep Oba? Uh, if the right offer was to come, I would sell him. Um, and as each week goes by, uh, the, my price at which I'd be open to doing a deal is is dropping more and more. Uh, not just because of um, not just because of, of of you know the fact that he scored less goals this season, but for a number of reasons. I I've said it a little bit earlier on today. I think on the on the stream we did earlier on, I said that I was unhappy with his attitude, some of his conduct off the field, and I and I stick I stick by that. Um, Kamal Abdi says that Mitchell from Crystal Palace is out of contract at the end of the season. Would you take him as cover for Tierney? I probably would on a free transfer. But would he be willing to come and play second fiddle to Kieran Tierney? That is uh, probably the more important question. Um, what else have we got? Uh, thank you to Aeson, by the way, for for renewing his membership. Much appreciated. Um, if you're interested in becoming a member of the channel, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description and uh, signing up. Your support would be very, very much appreciated. And it allows me as a freelancer to spend more time on the channel. And um, that is. Uh, that is amazing to me to be able to spend more time doing what I love most is um, is um, 
is obviously great. So uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart to everybody already supporting and to those of you who might sign up in the coming weeks, days, months, whatever. Uh, Steve Stone, one of our members, says, this is the real conversation, Harry. What are the owners going to do? Are they going to back the project? We've been touching on that sort of kind of. Um, and I guess I guess we're going to find out in the summer, aren't we? But uh, it's easier for the Cronkies to shirk that responsibility this season. It's easier for them to dodge it because of the pandemic. There's, uh, it is anybody who you who says the pandemic has impacted their business and as such they'll be taking less risks actually has a a valid point, don't they? It is. It's really difficult to argue with that because we've all seen it in every line of work, I think, anyway. There are very few businesses that have thrived off the back of the pandemic um, or have done better as a result of the pandemic. I know mine hasn't. Um, mine's gotten worse. And not only has it gotten worse, but I've not been able to go to the games um, because of the restrictions in place. And that, for me, I think impacts the quality of the content that I deliver. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I think it's had a negative impact on everyone and I fully expect the Cronkies to probably use it as an excuse. Yeah, I do. Um, I'd like to think that they'll maybe restructure some bits and pieces again, uh, sort of similarly to the way they did last summer to get the Thomas Partey deal done, but we're going to have to wait and see. But as I say, prepare for the fact that they're probably going to hide behind the pandemic. And therefore when that does, if that does happen, let's not throw our arms up and in uh, rage and um, sort of, you know, act as though we're completely shocked because I think we could all probably see it coming. Uh, Guna says, I'll sign up, Harry. I'm a big fan of yours and recently we connected on LinkedIn. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much. It is uh, very, very much appreciated. Honestly, it really is. Um, let's see. Uh, Hambo makes a good comment. He says, uh, if it's a project, a project requires a sponsor, the board is obligated to ensure that that project is successful. Um, yeah, you know, agree. Uh, Yo-Yo says, uh, has Arteta shown enough to be trusted with greater funds with how the team has performed? I think, as I always say, you have to look a little bit deeper than results to find that. I think there's been a culture shift in terms of getting rid of a lot of the players that don't care, but clearly, as we saw at the weekend, there are still some who need to go. But you can't just banish a 25-man squad overnight because you need to have the money to replace them. You need to have the time to replace them. So I think for the most part, we've seen a positive shift in terms of a lot of players who weren't on board, weren't back in the project, being moved out, which is a positive. Um, tactically, I think at times he can, he's shown he can compete with the very best. I think tactically he's made mistakes at times as well, which was was inevitable given his lack of experience. Um, but me, my gut feel still remains that he, he is the right man and I would back him more before I allowed him to go. And, you know, if you sack him, then you just end up back to square one again. And, and, and square one, um, you know, just feels like a place I don't want to go back to. You know, I, 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 I thought, I, I've said it repeatedly. I've said it from the day Arsene Wenger left this great football club. As much as I absolutely adored Wenger and loved him and respect him for everything he did for this football club, I also understood that it was time for him to go, right? You know, there, there was no getting away from that. But equally, I felt that he could only go if 
the the right successor was appointed because Arsene Wenger initially had us up here. Then he maintained us being here. And then I believe he would have maintained us for a couple more years, just being slightly below that line, which was top six. So we'd been at the top. He'd maintained the top four, which was a miracle for many years when you consider the budgets that he had at his disposal in comparison to some of his competitors. And then he kept, and then when he finished just outside the top four, that was the final straw for the club. But for me, you wouldn't have seen Arsenal in 10th under Arsene Wenger, put it that way. And I genuinely believe that. So, um, you know, so the biggest mistake that Arsenal have made in the last few years, and you could talk about individual transfers and you can talk about individual uh, players that have come in and maybe not hit the ground running or not succeeded. And you can talk about individual decisions and, and tactical things. The biggest mistake Arsenal made, in my opinion, over the last 10 years was appointing the wrong man after Arsene Wenger. And now we're paying for that. Just like Manchester United paid for it for years after Sir Alex Ferguson was moved on and they went and got David Moyes, who again, Similarly to Unai Emery, wasn't a bad manager. David Moyes is proving now that he's a very good manager. Unai Emery has proved at different points in his career that he's a good manager as well, but that it was the wrong fit. And it's always difficult to follow on from a legend. And both of those guys struggled with that. Man United are, are only now starting to compete at a higher level under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, where they're in second place. Um, and, um, you know, but I think that is a bit of a... What's the word? You know, it's, it's a little bit of a red herring looking at Man United's league position because I think that Liverpool obviously have had a terrible season. I think Chelsea had some terrible times under Frank Lampard. That's why they're so far off. You know, I think that ordinarily this Man United side would be third or fourth. So that would be their level Champions League. And um, and it, But it's taken them a long time to get there, to be consistently qualifying for the Champions League again. And, uh, that you know, they've... Um, They've managed it, but they went through lots of pain to get there. And, and the situation is going to be the same at Arsenal. And people shouldn't accept it, but have to understand it. Um, Cypriot Guna says that if there's a cut price on players because of the pandemic, they could take advantage, maybe. Um, are you talking about uh, the Hakimi thing? Um, if so, then I agree with you. And, and in general, I agree with your point. You know, the, the pandemic has had a negative impact on clubs in many ways, but it's also brought the transfer market down to the ground a little bit more and it's made it a little bit more of a level playing field, I feel. So, um, you know, Arsenal need to be shrewd. Arsenal need to be clever because there will be opportunities. There will be football clubs around Europe who will be in far worse states than us financially. And we have to recognise those opportunities that may present themselves, i.e. being able to get a top, top player in a cut price deal. I think Arsenal need to be shrewd and and I think that they're already working. I like to think anyway, they're already working behind the scenes to make that happen. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Inter says, does this process continue if we don't make Europe? Whatever happens this season, I want Mikel Arteta to be in charge of Arsenal next season at the start of next season. But as I've said to you guys repeatedly, that is the, the the minute the first whistle blows next season, it becomes groundhog day for Mikel Arteta. And he's got to show something then. He's got to show that all of this leeway that he's been given, all of this time he's had to 
implement his ways to build his squad, to build his team has been well spent because I could tell you this now, whilst I back him right now and I still feel in my gut that he's someone who can go on and be a very, very good football manager if things do not take a dramatic improvement in the Premier League I'm talking about at the start of next season, then I'll be one of those wanting him to go. So at that point, you know, if seven, eight games into into the next season, we look just as inconsistent, just as fallible as we do now, then yeah, um, there, there comes a point where you have to end the process, if you like, and, and turn to someone else because this club is far too big uh, to be languishing in mid-table. It's far too big to be accepting mediocrity over a sustained period of time. Let's uh, let's move on. Um, Kamal uh, says, uh, Harry, what would it take for you to lose patience with Arteta this season? 12 losses, not enough. I've just explained, as I won't go into that again. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I just I, I just feel like those who who still back him and I still back him, I just, I think they're a little bit more, how do I put this? Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to their view. I'm not saying mine's right and yours is wrong. But I think those who want him out are underplaying the factors and the issues and the problems that he's had to deal with upon taking over this club, i.e. a shit squad, i.e. Um, restricted funds, i.e. you know disastrous sort of management behind the scenes, i.e. situations with super super high paid players who we had to move off the books. I think there's been a lot that he's had to deal with that even a very experienced manager would have struggled with, even Arsene Wenger would have struggled with. And I think that as a rookie, if you like, I think that's, um, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's made the job far more difficult than he would have imagined it being when he agreed to take it. Russ Morgan says, if we go out to Slavia, the season is over. I think Arteta will have to go. And Russ, you know, I, I, I get that point of view. And, and if people are calling for his head in the event, <coughs> apologies, in the event that we do crash out, um, you know, to, uh, in the event that we do crash out to Slavia Prague, I won't be arguing with those people. I'll still be sharing my opinions and my views, but I won't be sitting here saying that I think they're wrong because they'd have every right to call for that. But my, you know, I, I think he'll be in charge at the start of next season, regardless of what happens in the Europa League. And it's why I hope that we stay in the Europa League, go all the way, obviously, because, because this season has the potential. If we were to crash out of the Europa League, you know, in the next 10 days, this season has the potential to turn extremely toxic and eight or nine games of toxicity, you know, in the lead up to the summer could be fatal for Mikel Arteta. I really do believe that. So, uh, you know, I, I hope that because I, obviously because I want Arsenal to win, but also because I back him, that that isn't the case and that we're still competing in this competition. Because if we're not, you know, those who are maybe on the fence or, or, or who are, um, Arteta out, but, you know, open to being convinced still. 
you know, I think even they will start to turn and, and, and that's the problem. Uh, Philip says, uh, thoughts on out of contract players and cheap players from the lower leagues championship, bottom half teams in Italy, Dutch, Austrian and Portugal, uh, for squad players. Depends who they are, Philip, you know, it's a really, it's kind of a, a bit of a sweeping, um, a bit of a sweeping statement. And, um, you know, that, that you say like, you know, just out of contract players from lower league divisions. I think they've got to fit the profile. I think they've got to fit the bill. I think there will be some gems that you could find there. And, you know, it'd be great if we could, um, you know, capitalize on some of those opportunities, but, you know, it's obviously people talk about big money transfers and the risk that they bring. Also, it's a risk. I think bringing players who have not been at the level that we want, you know, good scouts identify the right ones and, you know, bring them to the club. And there's been many examples of players who have come to not just Arsenal, but the Premier League from unknown waters and, and come and been brilliant and, and thrived. But there's also been equally a, a load of players that have done that and failed miserably as well. So I think it's about the the individual, you know, does the individual fit the profile? Does the individual fit the job? Uh, that they're going to be tasked with at the club. That's what you've got to consider. But I'm not against going and bringing players in from lower leagues or um, going and bringing players from other countries. I think it's it's something that needs to be done. It's, it's the only way to maximise your, your, what we believe is going to be a limited budget. So, yeah, um, why not? Why not? Uh, let's see what else we got. I'm going to pick out one more question, I think, before we uh, before we jump um before we jump off uh i'm gonna go with this one from uh michane he says harry would you sell saka if it means we could get bisuma odegaard and a promising winger wow um really good question because there's been a bit of suggestion that arsenal might have to cash in on bukayo saka if things continue the way they're going i love bukayo saka i adore the guy i think he's a really talented player i love the fact that he's an arsenal academy product would I sell Saka if it means I can get Bissouma, Odegaard and a promising winger? I'm not sure. Would I sell Saka if it meant that I could bring in a midfielder of my choice, an attacking midfielder of my choice and a winger of my choice? Then yeah, I probably would. Because every player has a price for me and Arsenal's problems are never going to be rectified by just keeping hold of Bukayo Saka. You know, the, the 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 problems with the team just run so much deeper than that. And if you told me that I could get 100 plus million and that meant I could fix up the squad to get it to the standard I want, then I would consider it for sure. I can't say I would 100% do it because it's tough, but I, I would consider it. I, I would consider it, honestly, because, you know, look at Liverpool. Take Liverpool, prime example, right? Liverpool... Felipe Coutinho, talisman, carrying them uh, to, to sort of results week in, week out, was by a million miles their best player. They never wanted to lose him. Nobody talked about it. It was one of those things that Liverpool fans were going to be up in arms about if it happened. It happened. And all of a sudden, Liverpool completely transformed their squad by just going and signing two defensive players who made all the difference. If Bukayo Saka could be our Coutinho, i.e. would provide us with the funds to help take this team up to the next level 
then how can you rule it out? You know, I, I don't get how people can rule it out. If we got them, if we got the money in for him and we spent it right, it could be transformative for Arsenal. So I'm not ruling it out. You know, if the opportunity was to present itself, I would seriously consider it. But selling him would mean nothing if those replacements or those players that you went and spent the money on were no good. People would look at the Coutinho sale and say that Liverpool completely cocked it up if Virgil van Dijk and Alisson weren't a hit. Luckily for for Jurgen Klopp and for Liverpool, they were a hit. But, you know, that's, um, it, you know, it's obviously easy to look back in hindsight. But, you know, if he could be our Felipe Coutinho, then, you know, I can't, I can't completely rule it out. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people would disagree with that. I know a lot of people would get upset with that in the comments, but I genuinely feel like that. Um, you know, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with it. Basuma, I like, but am I completely convinced about him? No, I'm not. And I look at him and I wonder if he is, you know, obviously he's very combative and he's very energetic and he dominates parts of the park and he works hard and he closes spaces and, and, and he brings you a lot of physical uh, sort of positives. But is he technically at the level he needs to be for us to propel on to be in a Champions League club again? Will he progress the ball well enough? Will he be comfortable enough to receive the ball off of his centre-backs because it's clear, and his goalkeeper, because it's clear that Mikel Arteta wants us to play that way? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm not 100% sold on that one. And that's why when Michane asked me that question, I'm not as convinced about selling Saka if it's for Bissouma, but there will be other players out there who I'd, I'd probably be more willing to to take that risk for. I love Odegaard, but a promising winger. Who is it? Are they going to fit in? I don't know. Um, and that's why I'm a little bit sort of sceptical on that specific scenario. But as I say, if we could get somebody in, uh, or if we could get, you know, um, three or four um players in that would potentially turn our team around, then I'd, I'd be up for it. Um, I Slim says, uh, Harry, where is this from? Don't turn to the nonsense YouTubers who put up clickbait. If you're talking about what I've titled the video, which is the Hakimi story, um, I will share with you where the report is from. Here you go. Um, I'd, I, I won't talk about something if it's not a, a report from a genuine outlet. And here it is on your screens right there. Um, AS in Spain. Um, if you follow Spanish football, I'm sure you'd have heard of this this outlet. Uh, they have reported that Ashraf Hakimi is on Arsenal's radar and they talk about the fact that Hector Bellerin is on his way out. One thing I forgot to mention a little bit earlier on, actually, which I should mention, and I'm going to do it now, is, uh, is the fact that Real Madrid included a first refusal uh, clause in the uh, in the transfer to Inter. So if Inter were to sell him, Real Madrid would have first refusal on Ashraf Hakimi. I'm not sure that they'd exercise that because of um, because of the fact that they've just sold him and and you know probably have other priorities. But yeah, um, that's uh, that's that's where the story is from. So I'm not making it up, right? I don't sit here and make up stories. Uh, out of nothing to talk about. Um, I'm I'm going by what's in the press. I appreciate that a lot of these stories will prove to be uh, sort of invalid, hot air, 
by the time the transfer window closes. But I think it's worth discussing because we are likely to be in need of a right back. And I wanted to talk about uh, whether he would be the right man and, and what the latest reports are saying. But yeah, going to leave it there because um, it's uh, it's almost 6pm here in the UK. Going to make the most uh, of what's left um, of the bank holiday. But I am back on the same old Arsenal uh, podcast tonight at seven with the lads. So come and join us uh, for that. It will be myself, Dan Potts and Graham. Uh, Graham Brooks is uh, with us. So looking forward to hearing his thoughts. Um on the uh, Liverpool game. Graham's like me, he likes to uh, really home in on the tactical side of the game. So I look forward to hearing uh, what he has to say as well. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Make sure you smash the like button on your way out. In fact, let's check in on the likes because only when I check out, uh, check it out, do I seem to get them. So uh, let's uh, let's have a quick look. Uh, what have we got here? We've got 48. Let's try and get up to 75 uh, by the time we... Um, we uh, play the outro. So make sure you smash the like button. Uh, Aeson says, no Lee. No Lee is not on the same old Arsenal tonight. Not for any reason other than he's just got something going and he can't make it. Uh, so Lee is not with us tonight. Um, what else did I see there? There was something else I saw there. Um, Aditya, that's the one I wanted to pick out. When's the gas tank coming? The 90 minute gas tank is tomorrow. Uh, every, well, the other guys, not me, are off today uh, because of uh, the bank holiday. But the gas tank returns tomorrow uh, live at 4.15pm. So um, we'll be discussing the Liverpool game again a little bit on that. So uh, until then, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Smash the like button on your way out. Click on the link in the description if you want to become a member and subscribe to the channel. If you're new, if you're listening via the audio, leave us a review and I'll catch you all soon. Until then, take care. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.